0: Welcome to the podcast. It's the worst territory in the world. Personalities, history, and the stories. We know you're craving for more knowledge. Let the champions get their glory. It's the worst territory in the world. All right, everybody. Welcome in. It is the best time of the week to talk about possibly the worst territory in the world i'm gabe sitting here with the man that single handedly destroyed the nwl through mismanagement of finances
1: chris goff that's me if you got a company out there that you want me to wreck just give me some money a couple decision making things and i'll ruin it for you hey hey gabe i'm uh speaking of the worst territory in the world i saw and I posted this on the Facebook page, um, Dirty Dutch. I listen to his podcast now. It's become a uh, a regular in rotation. And I still love Jim Cornette, except uh, I, I, it's really brutal to sit through the Raw and SmackDown recaps and yes. AEW recaps too. But yes. uh, Dirty Dutch is more like what Cornette was on Drive Through for a long time, which is answering questions, telling stories, stuff like that. And, uh, God, he just buried Kansas City the last couple of weeks. Like someone actually asked about uh, – you know, what'd you think about working there? And like, what'd you think about the people that were booking and all this stuff? And he just, he pretty much buried everyone that booked there. And like, uh, he called bulldog Bob Brown. He said he actually undercut bulldog. He said he was like, you know, five foot 10 and 230 pounds, which bulldog was much heavier than two thirty. but I digress, you know, just another, uh, just another guy that, that remembers Kansas city, not in a flattering light.
0: And that's okay, because we remember Kansas City in the best possible life. <laughs> it's
1: true. It's Chris, our place.
0: It's our place. Chris, we have an exciting uh, podcast for everybody. But before we get started, go ahead and, uh, you know, wherever you're listening to this podcast, give us a five star rating. Uh, let us know what you like about the podcast. It really helps the podcast get noticed in the algorithms and spaces of the internet. And that way we can reach more people um, don't forget to, uh, you know, go follow us on our Facebook page. Uh, you know, march us towards our, our fifteen hundred people goal that like us on Facebook. Uh, it's been it's been a couple crazy uh, crazy couple months for us, Chris. We've uh, we've been recording this podcast sporadically. Thank the Lord. That there is a, bow, a bevy, if you will, of professional wrestling news that we are going to talk about today. We might sprinkle in a couple little NWL tidbits and everything, but boy, oh boy, we have our plates are full like Thanksgiving of wrestling news and tidbits. But before we get to that, Chris, I'm going to do something new. I didn't even talk to you about this. We're going to do something. This is an icebreaker to get the wrestling juices flowing. And I'm going to ask you a question. And then we're going to, you know, I want you to give your thoughts on it. So when you think about the landscape of professional wrestling now, now I know you're not up to date on everything Kansas City independent professional wrestling, but when you look at the landscape in general, outside of the guys, you know, Jeremy Wyatt, things like that, is there a particular professional wrestler out there that you think has the potential to grow into a monolith in this pro wrestling business and it could be anywhere, but I, I would like it if it was in Kansas city, St. Louis area. But is there somebody you think that just captures your eye that says, you know, this person has got what it takes,
1: man, that's a tough one because like you said, I'm not super scouring all the indie cards around the area anymore. Like I used to, I mean um, you know, for many reasons uh, you know, this, uh, this is not a shot at anyone in this area, but for many reasons, like, when, when Metro pro was going out in 2016 and NWL started, that was a real time where I was very sort of worried about the future of what was going to be happening in Kansas city. Because if you looked around, I mean, at the time, you know, Wyatt's, uh, Strider, a steel, Craig Kiesman, they were all sort of talking about possibly doing less, maybe retiring, you know, not, you know, and, um, so those are like big guys on what I was doing. And then you ended up having, you know, um, ACH was still around at that point. He hadn't signed with WWE yet, but he was, you know, sporadic because he was he was growing in popularity. So he wasn't going to be here all the time. But, you know, at that time, it was sort of like I didn't really know. I, I have talked about this a lot to my friends. I'm like at the time, if you're thinking about baby faces, if you take out all the people I just said, ACH, Wyatt, all these people who is going to be a guy that you could put the strap on or you know, try to push to the moon. And at that time, I really thought it was going to possibly be Matt Fitchett, uh, huh? because I thought Matt Fitchett was, uh, he, he had a, he was a charismatic guy, uh, did strong style, but also could do a lot of technical stuff. Like I, I liked him. Him and Davey Vega were well liked. Um, Gary Jay was another guy that was around here that was popular and still is. Um, but you know, in Kansas City, um, there wasn't like a ton of like young up and comers at the time, but the NWL sort of opened that up a little bit with the, with the school, you know? And so you see a lot of those guys around here now. So I can't necessarily tell you, I know that I've heard a lot of good things about Will Willow. Uh, you know, I've heard a lot about him. Um, I know that Luke Langley has come, come up the ranks. I mean, Luke is like, uh, and I told him last time I saw him, he, He's like really obviously put in the effort to get in like an awesome shape. Yeah, phenomenal shape. And uh yeah, he's like one of the in best shape guys around. And um, you know, so is Will Lowe. And yeah. uh, you know, they're local. So it's it's good to have those guys here. And, you know, so I guess my first thought would be those are the guys that I would start, you know, definitely having on the cards, promoting, pushing in a way that I think that they should be, you know, you know, because you at least, you know, we can go down promotion 101 on one anytime, but people that are close in proximity are always good just for many reasons, car trouble, weather or whatever. And I just think there's sort of a dearth of that in Kansas city now from the standpoint of like, and and maybe I'm being unfair. Cause I don't know, you know, there's Campbell Myers, there's Bishop, there's, there's other, you know, of course there's still the hoodies and Anaya's and people that have moved here, Dak and Moonshiner here. Sure. Um, so those are all that, those are people that you would have on cards as far as a person that I don't know, or I didn't know from the past, you know, I don't know. Is there anybody that stands out to you that you think, uh, is in this area now you're, you're in it more than I am now.
0: Yeah, I'm, I am. And, uh, the, the, you know, the guys you mentioned for sure. Um, I look at Luke and I look at, uh, obviously, uh, the, the talent is endless, honestly, like with the, uh, Anaya hoodie, all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, but I look at them as more—they're not old, but they're the like more of the older guard here in Kansas City because they've been around for a while. You know, obviously we all know Dak sure. is the unsigned, uh, unsigned officially. I mean, I think he's with NWA in some official capacity, but you know he, he deserves a main roster spot a little bit more uh, or main you know card like AEW or WWE even or NXT. Um, But yeah, Will Will Lowe, a.k.a. Kenny Alfonso, is somebody that I would definitely keep an eye on. Uh, Luke Langley, again, another one of those guys that's um, really good. Um, I think, you know, one of the guys, you know, one of the guys that's really, really super impressive to me is uh, Scott Tyler. Tiny guy, tiny guy, right? But he's got, he's only been wrestling a year, but he's got this, Like Spike Dudley, like extreme believability thing. And he's got like a fun, like karate style gimmick where he's like, you know, almost looks like a reject of the Cobra Kai dojo. And I mean that in the best possible way. And he's, and he's really over with the fan base in, at least in CSW, I see him, like he has beautiful arm drags. I see him as like somebody that can actually, that the fans can really gravitate to. It's like the every man, like, Hey, we're. We're kind of like this guy, um, but man, for a year in the business, he is really, really good. And he's a product of hoodie and Anaya and all them at the Casey pro wrestling Academy. So, well, I mean, for cool.
1: me, I'm...
0: Scott Tyler is, is somebody that um, I would, I would, I would hitch some sort of horse to now. I'd, again, I don't think he's ready for maybe like a Wyatt type of uh, uh situation at this point, but man, the fans love him. And he's just, he's so damn entertaining. You know, the other guy that's really entertaining, uh, Dan, the dad,
1: I, 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 I think Dan, the dad is, super- look, I like comedy. I like comedy gimmicks like that. I, we always had him in Metro pro. Yeah. We had him at NWL. I mean, they're fun to throw in there, whether yes. it's a uh, Luigi Primo, you know, like those yeah. guys, those, yeah. those are, those are fun things to have on any card. Uh, you know, some people disagree with the way that i would put a card together which is um sort of old school ecw is what i would say like you have a good storyline at the top but then you have you know just Tracy's brutal. <laughs> uh, yeah you have you have a, you have an fbi versus the you know the blue world order thing right. or something and then right. then you would have uh you know like just a brutal slug fest with a couple guys that like to kill each other like a gary j moonshine type thing and then sure. you know but yes i mean I, Dan, the dad's gimmick is funny. Uh, Luigi is uh, funny. I mean, the people like that. And I've told Strider, like, you know, with Central States, I think those are those are cool things to have. You know, I, I think the the issue is here that sort of I miss, like, the guys that are – so you talk, you talk about Wyatt. And, of course, uh, you know, Wyatt has been a champion in this town for about 30, 40 years now. Yeah. But the, the problem is with him is even when he was in his, oh, I don't know, early 30s, I mean, he would argue different, but like I thought, I mean, he wasn't when he, when I first started Metro pro in 2010, so that would have been, you know, why it was in his early thirties. Then I would say he wasn't necessarily ready to be, you know, the, the top guy at that point, he was, he had a manager at that point. He had, he was in a, uh, in a faction of some point, some sort at that point, but, um, He really got really good in his mid to late 30s. He really did, and he continues to be that way now. And that's – I think there's not a lot of guys like that. There's not a lot of guys right now that are like 35 to 45 that are just, um, you know, like ascending to be like – because I've always said, like, Adam Pierce, if he would have gone to WWE – You know, when he left the Indies and went straight there and been on camera, it would have been great because that's when people are great. But unfortunately for him, that was the era of WWE when people were like, oh, if you're over 35, you're too old. You know, and that's unfair because most of their top stars they've ever had were over 35 when they got to be top stars. So. You know, I think uh, that's that's something that, that is sort of missing now. Another thing is I'm sort of an old school guy. I, the Scott Tyler guy, the small guy, like that, there's definitely room for that. And that's definitely more the norm today. And, that you know, size does not matter as much now in, in terms of wrestling. But I think that uh, I miss the big guys, you know. I miss right. the Trevor Murdoch, the Derek Stone, yeah. the Michael Strider, the, you know, the, the guy, the Bull Schmidt. Those dudes that were like, when I say big guys in wrestling now, that means – Six foot to six foot five, you know, Uh, and then more importantly, 230 plus pounds, you know, I mean, that's and those are the dudes that I liked having like either storylines with or brutal matches with and like, there's just for whatever reason, you can dissect this as much as you want forever. But why aren't there that many guys like that now? I don't know. They all go to MMA. They're not wrestling fans anymore. I don't know. But you're certainly looking at more guys like Scott Tyler than you are, um, you know, Derek Stone.
0: Follow-up question. We talked about this off air a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you remember, but if Chris Goff was booking the territory right now, you're the booker of your own promotion. Metro pro resurrected 2024. You got to bring one Indy darling in, just one to set the territory on fire. Who is that Indy darling?
1: God, what did I, Oh, you were talking about, I guess I was going to say, who did I say when we were talking about this? Um, you know, Indie Darlings are so different now than they were when I was booking. Uh, when I was booking, Indie Darlings were still like, I mean, you're, you're talking there about was a lot of um, them. <laughs> gosh, there was a ton at the time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just can, and at the even at that time, I'm like, there's not many and there's even less now, you know, um, I uh, gosh. And Indy Darling to me was like an ACH Mm -hmm. uh, and he wasn't necessarily an Indy Darling when I first started using him, but he quickly became one. Uh, I had known about him through Matt Jackson and Anarchy and he was in Texas Anarchy. And so, so that's how, you know, you sort of have to get the guys that are on the cusp, you know, especially when you're here in the Midwest, they're not going to be coming through here a lot. Um, You know, I liked, I've talked with Jeremy and he's talking to me about this too. Like the Fred Yehi, he's a guy that, uh, that, Man, when I've talked to Curtis, he always puts him over because he, he tra- helped train him. And um, I thought, you know, he had a really good match with Jeremy. What was that during COVID, right? Yep. With Craig's promotion, then they yep. do that. And then yep. that's Jeremy says that's one of his favorite matches of all time. I think he's a guy that's underutilized. He's I not agree. really, no one really knows who he is necessarily. I uh, but I think if you brought him in for like a, an extended run, yep. uh, he would get over like ACH style. So yep. um, you know, I don't know if he necessarily has the charisma of ACH because ACH had a very Ooh, unique charisma. He did. But um, he did. But I, but I, you know, that's a guy that I think is attainable to bring in on a you know, multi date level to to do some damage, you know. Um, you know, and there's other guys that I'm I'm being unfair because I don't know everyone that's popped up. I know guys right. I wouldn't use, I wouldn't use Effie. You know, I would like there. That is like a one trick pony to me. I mean, that's not someone that I feel like you can really do much with. Uh, but he's like a quote unquote indie darling. There's you know, there's there's guys like that that I, you know, it was like even like a joy Ryan back when he was still going strong. I, you know, you guys use him, and I just it's just like a it, it, much much like most predicted, it like finally went away after uh, you know, we were all just so you know you're making it sexual by talking about it really like i'm not supposed to bring up the fact you're grabbing a guy's junk but yeah whatever so that we know what happened there but right. uh i don't know who who are some guys on your radar that you think i would put on a if, great match. If,
0: if money wasn't an object i'd throw the m- most amount of money i could at matt cardona because his whole indie god thing right now
1: but money is an object, with that dude. I know,
0: I know, I know. But I'm. Saying- you have to bring
1: in somebody that. Let's say I want you to bring in someone, Gabe, that I want you to have a six month run with. Let's say you run every other month or so. I want you to have them in here for at least three or four shows, and I want you to be and you're going to be able to have them. It's not going to be like, oh, sorry, dude, got pulled for AEW. You can't do that. <laughs> so uh it has to be someone that you could bring in, and that's really tough because a lot of the guys in AEW they will drop you like. Now you know when I was booking Metro Pro and NWL, AW was sort of not not really a thing at that point. NXT right. had come around, so that was sort of the one that people would be like, "Hey, they're having tryouts, so I have to you know bail." You know that would I'm happen. Sorry, sorry NWA brother. does that now too a little bit. You know, so there's more of that crap going on that you have to worry about. But who that's, who would you think in that, that realm?
0: That that's a really good question because you know love it or hate it, and I we we've talked about this off air. I mean, when I was booking Journey. And I brought in Shotzi for that extended run right before her her final indie match was at Journey Pro. Her final indie match. That was cool. Was at Journey Pro. And right before she went to SmackDown or, you know, went to NXT and then eventually the main roster. Um, and I'm, I'm very, very proud of that storyline because I saw her as literally being on the cusp of stardom and it turned out I was right. Um, so that same vein... That's a, that's a really good question because I did I took a page from you and the people that came before us as far as you know trying to build that storyline between her and Christian Rose, which a little known fact I offered that position of Christian Rose versus Shotzi I offered that to Matt Kinway and he had turned it down. So that's an interesting sidebar because that
1: because of just not wanting to do intergender matches. Yep. Can't, yeah. No, which I can't really I can't blame people for not wanting to do that. Right.
0: Totally. Totally. I, I Absolutely. Um, you have
1: to have someone that's super open-minded to want to do that. I'm not saying, I mean, in today's world, I know things have changed, blah, blah, blah. Like I get it. If someone, I can only imagine pitching that to like Trevor Murdoch or somebody <laughs> like that. And just like, it would it would, it wouldn't go too far. No, uh,
0: but that's a really good question. Cause you're right. There's not a lot of guys that you could bring up that would, I mean, I think we talked about it. Heidi Howitzer might be someone you could, she's really super over with the crowd um she can There's
1: just not a you can agree though there's not a pool of people no. that are not already sniffing on going to AEW going to NWA right. going to Impact going to NXT that there used to be that 10 years ago there used yeah, to be like no. There used to be people like uh, ACH or like, you know, all the people that have been signed up now and going, you know, the PWG people, you know, people that you would, you know, because I would look at that, it, whoever P- PWG was in the middle of the card of that, you know, yeah. like, oh, that'd be interesting to maybe yeah. bring this person in, stuff like that. That, you know, even like, uh, you know, uh, Walter back in the day, we tried to get him in NWL, stuff like that. Like, I tried to get him in
0: Journey too. And he, and that, like, I got real close to getting him in Journey and, and he was like already, you know, actually, uh, Jake something i i he's big he's got uh, i i don't necessarily understand the name like gimmick thing but he's big he's respectable he's a great guy behind the scenes i would strap i i would build a long-term program with jake something anywhere because yeah he's he i don't think he's with impact anymore and he's kind of mostly with aaw um but i i think i think Give it like if you put Jake something with Greg Jovi as his mouthpiece, I think that's electricity. That I, I, I mean, honestly, that would get me going as a promoter would be to have those two run rough shot over a promotion and have him be a big monster heel champion. Jake something, that's my answer.
1: Uh, I've told like going back to one I said before, and I know he's older and I know he's probably not going to do this, but like, I. I don't even know if he's able to do it at this point, so I shouldn't say, but I've, I've told Strider, I'm like, what about, why don't you bring Trevor Murdoch in, you know, like just to bring him in for like a couple shows or whatever. Um, Trevor is like uh super, he's a good professional wrestler. He's a very yes. good professional wrestler. Yes. I mean, uh, he took years off because the, the business changed and all these other reasons, but you know, you're talking about a dude that's like, I mean, he's just opposite of whatever else is going to be on the card. You know, I mean, that's, that's what makes him different. Yeah. um, Yeah. And but Jake, something was somebody that we looked at, too. I mean, he was up north, right? There was a carload that we were going to bring from. Yeah. Detroit. He's he
0: he was in like the Detroit ish area. He did work one show for CSW, but I think schedule conflicts and whatnot, um, as far as I think he was more active with impact at the time. But um, that would be something I would. I would do. But thank God I'm not a promoter, Chris. Thank God you're not a promoter because the world of professional wrestling is on fire right now. So many different things have happened. Obviously, we are on the heels just a week plus removed of CM Punk making his grand re-debut. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But before we talk about that, I want whatever Randy Orton's having.
1: You know Randy Orton his like you are obviously talking about his jack his physique Dude. he uh yeah he's big
0: insane so big
1: I mean so's the rock so's yeah. uh
0: I mean th- that chicken and broccoli program <laughs> <It's>... what <mwah. laughs> I
1: mean working wonders here's the deal Randy Orton's always in good shape okay he's either lean or jacked so it doesn't matter it's like he just goes from different levels of like even like the rock at a certain point was uh getting liposuction I don't think Randy does that okay Mm -hmm. um so so Randy is just always like even when he's a lean dude and I think he's actually I actually prefer him better as a lean guy because I think he can do more stuff and I'm Frankly, it sort of scares me that he's as jacked as he is at his age because I'm always like, eh, you know, it's like you don't want to put too much muscle mass on you when you're, you know, in your 40s, you know, he's he's I don't know when you're actually going to work like a full schedule, you know. But um, he's uh, he looks great, dude. He He looks great in the world of professional wrestling. Now, when he came in and evolution and all that stuff back in the early 2000s, like he was, you know, outclassed by you know, some people before him for many reasons, his age, like just the the generation he came up in blah, blah, blah. But now in this world, Randy Orton's top three, dude, Seriously. it's just him. It's, that's how he is. I, I,
0: I, I was happy to, I, I've never been a fan of Randy Orton. First of all, I've never gotten it, but I get why people like him. So it's, it's just not my cup of tea, but man, it was hard to ignore. That's a star. That's a freaking star. The crowd lost double neck fusion. First of all, coming back after a year and a half, give him props for just that alone and for how jacked up he is and all that kind of stuff. He is a star. And that's what brings me to talking about this whole CM Punk thing. We had kind of talked about this a couple of days ago. I love the fact that CM Punk's back in WWE. If you've listened to this podcast at all, you know that I'm not the biggest WWE fan. I I would consider myself more of an AEW apologist, if anything, to my chagrin a lot of the times. Because AEW is very embarrassing, and I, I'll go on record as to saying that. Um, I'm sure...
1: Well, gee, people... you're going out on a limb there, man. You're fighting well, no, uh, you, words.
0: You, yeah, but you know all the Twitter... Uh, well... Uh, you oh,
1: whatever. You, uh, you, ran, you mean the people that hate mainstream stuff that just hate the one that's always in first place? Yeah, there, there's yeah. a lot of I, or, I I worked with this guy that was like, You guys like friends? Oh my god, that's such a dumb show. Okay. Even if you hate or friends, I mean it's like made the most money maybe of any sitcom ever outside of Seinfeld. So yeah, I regardless, you're always gonna have those people. Yeah.
0: Yeah, just like, oh, you you ran NW all into the ground with your commentary or whatever. Um, which I probably did. My commentary is not great, but, uh, but, you know, like seeing the, the reaction of, of CM Punk going back and it's just like now, and it's partially his fault, but now people are waiting for him to fail. Right. You see all these articles about like, he's got this behavior clause in his contract and, and like, they're like, good job, Vince McMahon. Just wait till he, you know, starts poisoning the locker room. Here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. Him getting in backstage altercations, I can almost 99.9% guarantee you, he is not going to get into backstage altercations because why? Because real businessmen run the WWE. He doesn't have to have a contract clause where he has to behave himself because he is held accountable by real adult human beings. You guys think it's going to be the same way over there? It's not, you don't have a guy going, well, guys, just do whatever you want and uh, just kind of clear it through me. And it's no big deal. It's not the same thing. It's not the same system. CM Punk, you're like, oh, he's, he was on his best behavior at raw. Have you guys ever thought that? Like, yeah, it's a cash grab. Yes, we get that. But what part of this business isn't? a cash grab you think Steen going to aew was motivated by his creative influence that he could work with darby allen for the rest of his life no dude he went there because he's getting a fat ass payday god dude people are crazy on the internet absolutely insane
1: well i mean the the social media response is always extreme so it's one way or the other there's no gray it's either horrible or the greatest thing ever so i mean that's, that's just how it is but um, I, like, I was so happy to see him on there. A lot of rumors that he didn't even sign the contract on the day of, day yeah. before tops. Like, that's it. A lot of kept it totally quiet. I'm sure they had multiple talks, even though Dave Meltzer got this wrong. Everyone got it wrong. He's never going back. And I'm sure they were told <laughs> that because they don't want the idiots to know, you know? So, I mean, uh. Dude, I, it's just it never ceases to amaze me. I'm a, jur- I'm a journalism major from one of, if not the best journalism colleges, universities in America, in the world. And uh, what is put out there is not journalism. It's go try to be first by your throwing darts on uh, whispers and cell phone, secret cell phone calls that you get from your, you know, C to D level talent that's frustrated. So they're going to bury everything to the likes of a dave Meltzer, wade keller whatever and you know that's that happened when i was there and people were busted for it and people were talked about and we all knew who it was going man it was so funny to sort of see the leaks because you could tell you know you play the game of like hey actually he's gonna spin on his head this monday and we're gonna see if he dies you know and then like someone would report that and, like there was only two people in the room gee i terry, wonder who called them
0: terry taylor um, oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> um paul Heyman. anyway so when you uh <laughs> when you walked forward uh you know, like ECW always. It's it's really weird. ECW got all these like phrases back in the day. Sort of like AEW. It's sort of like they're friends with Dave. Um, but I, I think I think that um, AEW is uh, is is a it's as we've discussed a million times. It's a it's a romper room. It's a preschool. It's it's a teacher that wants everyone to like him, and so he allows everyone to do their own their own little thing and their own little fiefdoms, like in their own groups. And, like, I can understand, like, someone like Jericho loving it. It makes sense because uh, he can go over there, change his gimmick every two months, like, work with who he wants to, finally put them over a little bit and then get put over at the end. And then uh, then do it over again with someone else. That's perfect. And and maybe Adam Copeland is going to be that way, too. Maybe he gets to go over there and he thinks it's great because he gets to finish his career with some kind of blow off like program with Christian or whatever. That's something he never thought he'd get to do again. Blah, blah, blah. And he can book that himself. And he's earned the right to be able to do that. That makes sense. But like overall, a cohesive business, it's it's horrible. We've talked about this. We they have some great matches. They have some great stuff, but overall like continuity wise, like big picture wise, it's they're It's bad. And it's, and it's been bad for a long time and people don't want to admit it. Now, everyone that sees CM Punk show up in WWE is all pissed off because, you know, he's horrible. Let's start the clock. He's going to get kicked out. No, I don't care if CM Punk gets kicked. I don't care if he gets kicked out in the next six to 12 to 18 months. It doesn't matter. He's already won. He went away for years, came back, got a big paycheck, got hurt, came back again, got in fights with idiots, then then (laughs) left. Everyone's like, he's done forever. He sucks it at UFC. He's never coming back. And then he comes back to WWE, gets a huge pop on a huge night. And then the only thing I can say negative is his return promo, which who knows how much (laughs) of it was told, scripted, whatever. But I, I, you know that I know I, you don't like it. A lot of people didn't like it because it didn't really say anything. It was right. just sort of flat, you know. Like I don't expect WWE to be like, yeah, go out there and just sort of bury the young yeah. bucks and totally yeah, do pipe
0: bomb that. number two. And you're not going to do that, yeah. no,
1: no. That wouldn't, and especially now, it makes no sense to just go out and do that right away. However, it would have been good if he could have said just a couple like super veiled shots or not so veiled, and just have a couple things like you know. It's nice to work with adults somewhere, you know, something, you know, something that would have been cool to sort of a nod to everyone that's following the complete soap opera drama going on in the AEW locker room and everything. So I would have been fun to have that in that promo, but hopefully we'll get that down the road. I would have loved that out the gate, but we didn't get it, but either way, he's won. he came back, he's getting paid again. He's back at WWE and, uh, Look, it doesn't matter. He's He seems like the kind of guy – I don't know about you, Gabe, but, like, I have careers – that at WWE I was getting sort of burned out even before uh, Stephanie McMahon threw me out the door at my at sports broadcasting I was going through the, I, I was getting bored with that because I could have collected a paycheck like some people still do there but I didn't want to because it's like I feel like I need to do something else and he just seems like that kind of guy, I can relate to that after X amount of months, years that he's going to be at WWE, which by the way no matter what he wants to say if you're even super pro WWE, it is a corporation that has to follow typical bureaucratic corporate rules which is you're going to have to follow this. Oh, you have some great ideas. Well, it'll play out in the next 10 years, possibly, but we got 50 other things we have to do before then. And you never really feel that fulfilled, which is why a lot of people hate the corporate system in general. And that's just how this is going to be for him. If he gets frustrated with the way the creative is over there, it's not going to be a shock to anybody because everyone's messed mad at some point about their creative. You're going to say the same thing about Adam Copeland. You're going to say the same thing about everyone else, Chris Jericho, everyone that's ever left WWE, because it happens to everybody Everybody. except uh, even stone cold walked out multiple times. I mean, Brock Lesnar, he, you think there's a reason why he doesn't want to be back all the time. Not to say that he's a little bit older and he doesn't have to be, but he also, yeah, there's so many times where Brock got frustrated. I mean, it, it happens. Uh, you're on the road. You're doing a lot of stuff. You want to do certain things. And, you know, for a million other reasons that people don't want to work with you or this or that, people get injured, blah, blah, blah. You never are fulfilled ever. And I don't bl- look, that's how it's going to end. It could be a day or 10 years from now, but that's how it's going to end. So who cares? So,
0: like you said, here's the thing. When you think about it, every business is about money. At the end of the day every For business sure. whether you're a non-profit whether you're a wrestling company whether it doesn't matter every you you run a winery not because it's like your lifelong passion but because you not have fun and because you can make money doing it the sure. vices in this economy will always be sought after in any economy alcohol cigarettes whatever whatever your vice is you're there's money to be made in the vices right Real estate, same thing. I love, 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 love being a realtor. But at the end of the day, it's about supporting my family. So if you're going to sit there and say there's a de- delineation between what AEW does and what CM Punk does to what WWF does, you know, th- there is no delineation. Everybody is in this. It's called the wrestling business. They're in this to make money to provide for their families. That's the reason why Adam Copeland can work three days a week or two days a week and get paid probably seven figures. Right. Sure. And he, and he is more of the temperament. The one thing everybody can agree about, about CM Punk is that he is not the type to suffer quietly. He's not the type to sit there and be like, I just don't agree. He's like, he's not me. Like I'm the type that suffers quietly. Right. In my Whatever job I've had, if I don't like it, I just kind of suffer through it and just move on.
1: And that's normal. That's a normal thing. And so that's why someone like CM Punk is looked at as like, believe me, dude, I have been, this is why I got fired from WWE. So this is why, even though I've never, even though Ace Steel is one of my best friends, I've never met CM Punk. And uh, because I was out of wrestling with WWE at that point, and I've never met him, but I can totally relate to him because yes, that is what happens. Like you just get burned out to a certain point to where you're like, You can either accept it or you can start making other suggestions and start making your voice heard. And the problem is you're looked at as someone who's rocking the boat and a big troublemaker. And that's not the case. Like a lot of times they're just trying to be like helpful, trying to do what's best. I mean, as my wife would say, there's no malicious intent in what they're saying. It's they're trying to help, but they're just being, you know, they're not. They're not sitting in the back like all the agents at AEW that see all these people doing stupid crap. And you know that these people are like great wrestling historians and they they know better than what's going on. But they just sit back because they want to collect a check. Is that the kind of person you want to be? Like if you're scared about making your mortgage, that's the kind of person you you're going to be because you don't want to lose your job. CM Punk doesn't need that. He's probably paid off all his crap. Probably has plenty of money in the bank. He enjoys doing this because why? He's in his mid forties, and you know what? Even if people are super ass rich and they could just sit around counting their money all day like a mark cuban or a million other people like him they're bored off their ass because you're still got 40 years to live you got to do something so right. why wouldn't cm punk go somewhere that he's going to make six seven figures doing whatever the hell he's going to be doing i mean he makes seven figures just off freaking merchandise it, what i heard he was like number one at WWF in WWF and like <laughs> yeah. top five or whatever in yeah. AW. still I mean, it's crazy yeah, yeah. And, so-
0: and and it's like how can you look at this situation and again i get it right i get it the Saudis. So- no, I don't agree with WWE taking money from the Saudis, right? I get it, dude. I get it like oh blood money and all that kind of stuff all, you Dude, know, the- Uh you
1: here's a problem with that when you take that stance you i can go through everyone's life that says that and go through everything they do and rip apart half of what they do sure. for the same exact reason that's why sure. they're complete hypocrites when they say that crap it's like vegetate you know vegans are like you don't eat things even though they're wearing like jeans and all this other leather and all this other crap I'm like what do you expect that you know what it, everybody's a hypocrite with that stuff. Uh, I, I, I yeah. get
0: that. I get that. But what I'm saying is I understand why people start with that germ in their head and say, oh, you know, and then Vincent Man was accused of this and da-da-da-da-da. like, dude, I cannot wait for 10 years from now
1: when the 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 tell all is written about Tony Khan. Because folks Oh no, what... I, I want I want some you shoots coming out. I want some shoot interviews coming out with AEW originals.
0: Let, let me tell you, folks. Allegedly, there's skeletons in that closet, too. All of us have them. All of us have them, right? Like, it. it, it trust me, nobody's closet is clean. And when it comes out about Tony Khan, what are you guys going to do? When it comes out about X and X person, what are you going to do? There's accusations to be hurled, and they're hurled now more than ever because of the age of information that is the internet. So when you get rid of the corporate side of it, look at the, the human aspect of it. The All these people, all those guys in AEW that you put up on a pedestal, do you think for a second that they wouldn't go to WWE if they had a better offer? Like, Will Ospreay had a seven-figure offer from Impact, apparently, Impact Wrestling, which I don't know how they can pay seven figures to anybody. But that's...
1: Sure, sure, I agree. You know,
0: but... He goes to AEW probably because of the travel schedule. He can still live in England, do all those kind of things. But if they would have backed up the Brinks truck a little bit more, I love Will Ospreay. I think he's the best pro wrestler on the planet right now.
1: Okay, Meltzer,
0: I I do. He's am- he's amazing. He's I watch- better
1: than Shawn Michaels ever. I don't care. No, dude. like no, no, no one I didn't knows say that. Will Ospreay. like outside of mainstream. No one knows who Will Osprey is. Okay, and he's, not, he's I- not worth seven figures because no one pays that much to see him. They don't.
0: But, but given the right platform, I do believe he could be worth that much money. Sure,
1: but he's not now. No, <laughs> I, I agree.
0: A- I agree. I agree. But I'm saying like all those guys in AEW either did come from the big money corporation of WWE. So you might as well start shitting on them, right? Because they were working under that sphere at one time. Like nobody is blame free in this. That's that. That's what I'm trying to say. Nobody is, is blame free in like, Oh, this is a cat. Everything is a cash grab. Everything is not what it appears to be. Like this is a re- Like I said, this is the wrestling business. Good for CM Punk. And here's what I was telling you the other day, Chris. I, I like I said, at the beginning of the broadcast, I am an, a- I do like some of the professional wrestling matches that AEW puts on. Did I think Adam page and Swerve Strickland? I love Swerve Strickland. If, I was running AEW. He'd be the world champion. I think. I think Swerve Strickland has the biggest upside out of anybody in that company outside of MJF. I'm even getting getting tired of MJF. But like, like I would strap the rocket to him and be. I hated the blood drinking thing. I think it's way overboard. I think everything Gross. AEW does when every match has blood in it. You know, hey John Moxley, cut yourself seventy five thousand times. That's great. But like. I like AEW's match structure, but I'm telling you dude, what's really shifted my perspective in the last couple of weeks is everything WWE does feels big. It feels like a big deal. There's the production, the arena is full, the crowd's into it. Like, I get it. SmackDown Raw are super boring for me as a quote unquote pure professional wrestling fan that likes to watch the holds and all that kind of stuff. I get that. But at the same time, AEW, it's it really does remind me a lot of Car Crash Booking. J.Y. and MJF should have had a much better and much bigger build-up to their championship match. There, It just seems like it's all kind of thrown against the wall every week. Here we go. Who's going to do the biggest, flippiest spots in this match? La, 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 la. And it's just kind of all thrown against the wall. And like me and you were talking about off-air, now WWE programming is reverted back to, honestly, like you said, the 90s era, where everything, WWE superstars, everything's a squash match to kind of put over the bigger guys and then they save all the flash and bang for their premium live content or whatever they call it that's not necessarily a bad way to do business and it shows in the numbers look at the people that are tuning in every CM Punk raised their final quarter hour by 29 percent like are you that's why they signed him That's a needle mover, dude. 30%. That's a needle mover.
1: He was a needle mover for AEW. And obviously, because this, like, regardless of what, like all the pro AEW people, it's just like, you can sit here and argue. He was a cancer. He was this, he was that, Hey, let's take the worst case scenario of CM Punk. He's just a shit stir piece of crap. Okay. And you just don't want him with your company. Um, how many of those people, by the way, WWE's, uh, sold for $9 billion and Vince McMahon, uh, is, you know, worth all that or more. And then he, uh, has already been the top guy for the last, I don't know, 30, 40 years. And he still will be till he dies. Um, how many guys that were complete pieces of shit did he bring back and make a ton of money off of? Because guess what? He's an adult and he knows how to run a business like a man, uh, Good Lord, everyone in the, under the sun outside of Randy Savage came back and there was a multiple, you know, wait, let's not get into why Randy didn't get back. But wait, I debated that with someone the other day and I'm like, OK, like, wait, I don't know. But I I know what I was told. It's not the Stephanie thing. other, It's about sponsorship money and other things, but whatever. Okay. But everyone else, Warrior, Bret Hart, like Br- even Bruno, like all these people came back and it's because. Number one, WWE is on top. And number two, Vince McMahon will set aside his personal hatred or differences with someone to decide that they are worth having on his quote-unquote business television show or promotion or live events. To make money. And that's that was the critical error for Tony to let go of, of CM Punk because he was a huge ratings guy for them. Not the only you know, not the only reason, and not not gonna kill them if he's gone, because he existed before CM Punk, but he helped them tremendously. It's proven, it's gone downhill slowly ever since he left. Slowly. And then- well, I mean it's, I mean, it's I'm, a, I'm trying to be nice. Okay. Okay. I mean, it wasn't well, like was overnight they drop ski, 50%. A but,
0: skiing downhill situation with the collision ratings. Their ratings are in the freaking toilet, dude.
1: And like, and but he was he's a money, he is a money guy. For whatever reason, if you hate him, you don't like his wrestling, you think he's a baby, whatever, he makes money and people want to hear what he has to say and do. So, like, that is why you keep him. And that is why you have to make a decision, Tony. I mean, you know, I don't know anything. I just put it business, businesses out of business. But I would you, say you if I, if I wasn't like a, a drunk sailor with, with businesses, I would say that you can probably take. Uh, CM Punk and look at him And see what he brings, you know, look at merchandise By the way, WWE looks at merchandise all the time That's why top merchandise people are always Rey Mysterio and Kane and these people That have masks, but also, they would look at that They looked at LA Knight, that's why they push him higher Roman Reigns, whatever Uh, CM Punk is still like top three or five on AEW and he hadn't been there in months. And, and so how much money are you losing out on what you could have made on that? Just that alone. But then Tony doesn't care about that. He cares about making friends and having everyone happy because that's what he wants. It's so dumb. And so, uh, you know what? He can lose his inheritance money. He will die rich. It doesn't matter what he does. So that's why it's like sort of pointless to make fun of, his business acumen because what ma- he has enough money to make up for his problems. Yeah. He's not Herb Abrams. He has, he's gonna, he's not, I don't think he's going to run out of money, but you, you, I mean, why would you not look and be like, huh? Let's see. I got Hangman Adam page, who drinks blood and is a ratings killer. And I mean, in any other way, I, even though like you liked him at one point, Gay yeah, wanted me to book him in N- NWL. I uh, I, I find him I'm to be a dirt, a dearth of like uh, upward mobility in terms of talent. Okay. So you have Adam Page, you have the young bucks who not only are half the time MIA, but also just like their act is old. Like, how long has CM Punk been doing this act? He's been doing it for 15, 20 years. It's Young Bucks have been on the main stage for, what, four? And, like, people don't know. They're sick of it already. They, they're they not ratings winners. They're not at all. So why would you take that side over the dude that is? Like, it's it makes absolutely no business sense, but no one says that Tony Khan's a good business guy. He just takes daddy's money and spends it. So, I mean, look, it's – It's obvious what has happened. CM Punk is going to go over here and make an impact. It could be short. It could be long. It doesn't matter. It's not going to be the same problem. He's not going to get into a fight with someone. And if he does, and if he actually does, Gabe, get into a fight backstage with somebody because they have words or whatever, it won't be over the same kind of bullshit he got in trouble with at AEW. Okay. It's just not it. Like, it might be some kind of creative differences where he, he you know, he doesn't like that he, he wasn't the main event of WrestleMania. That's a little bit different than, you know, like getting in fights over Cole Cabana's future, okay? I mean, it's it's some of the stuff that even led to his departure is so ridiculously stupid. It's like, is this real life? Is this a guy that is the son of a billionaire? This is where the brains are? And don't get me wrong, I've covered Kansas City sports. The former owner of the Royals, his son ran it, and it was like the same. Thing it was like does this guy have a did he have A lobotomy why is he in charge of anything But it was because daddy had it and Whatever the flip Side let's look at the positive et- eternal optimism Side game uh, Tony Khan Is giving a lot of wrestlers in the Business a job making them Money Uh, they wouldn't have that Opportunity most likely in this country To make as much money as they are now He has done that he is very Philanthropic okay he's a nice guy Business guy horrible
0: and that, folks, if you worked in the NWL or have heard any of us talk about it, we always talked about Goff's 9 a.m. promos. Yeah, Usually on Monday good. mornings, sometimes on Tuesdays, sometimes on Wednesdays, maybe five I tried days a week. Every
1: day. I tried to get him every day, yeah. That was
0: a, I was like sitting there, I was like, yeah, and I know if Hoodie's listening right now, he was like, he's getting fired up. like, yeah, tell him, Goff, tell him that was, a, it. That just, was
1: a... it's so frustrating though. It's just like an <laughs> NWL or whatever. There's just so many things that you're just like out of your control and it, you know, whatever. I just choose to talk about it and some people don't. So whatever.
0: And we, and you know, we've talked a lot about CM Punk on this uh, show because obviously we have the connection with Ace and obviously because he's been the topic of conversation for many, many, it seems like the whole year.
1: Good
0: like Lord, yeah, CM Punk is some sort of topic of conversation. So we don't want to be be a dead horse too much. Goff, did you watch Survivor Series? Have you watched any of the bigger shows lately, seen clips, anything? I watched clips of
1: Survivor Series. I watched clips of the blood drinking. I I watched clips of all that. Do I sit down and watch a three-hour show? No. I watched Raw the next night. I wanted to see what Randy was going to do. I wanted to see what CM Punk was going to do. You know, the main points like that. I would skim through uh, Raw, and it was was boring uh, to a degree. But here's the problem. We're all – I guess on that topic that you mentioned, and and you're correct, I mean, uh, in today's world, the way and, you know, I've heard Cornette talk about this. You've talked about a lot of people talk about how slow and nothing happens on Raw. Um, But I do think that the issue is they have to almost and and Triple H is like this. 20 years ago, man, you, you're going to have to retrain people to see what pro wrestling is for m- many reasons. I mean, part of it's just for the bodies of the wrestlers themselves so they don't just get you're killed right. and hurt. I mean, like, nobody wants to go back to what it was before. No one wants to go back on the road in the Attitude Era where they're on the road constantly getting, like, jacked up, like the ECW era where half those guys are dead now. I mean, no one wants that, you know? I mean, people go to alcohol and drugs because of that, you know, or, yeah. or painkillers, whatever you want to say they're addicted yeah. to.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so now it's like, okay, save the big matches for the big shows and big shows are different now too they're not pay-per-views they're paid live events on peacock and you know it's not necessarily the same there either but you know television rights are worth more than they ever made on pay-per-views combined you know so that's now that's it's actually worth more in some ways uh but you know the business of that can be dissected forever but i do think like you said they've taken it back and they've they've made a clear effort to You know, we're going to push characters, this Roman Reigns and the the, the whole family storyline that is going that has been going on forever. I mean this is unprecedented for the you know 20 30 years now of of a storyline lasting this long some people say it jumped the shark some people you know want to see it, what the ending is maybe they don't even know what the ending is because they just don't want it to end because it's doing so well I mean shit, we had that happen all the time when I was there like you have like when your mind what you want to be like yeah we'll finish it off in mania with this or that but then you get to mania and you just feel like you're in the first quarter of it you know and you're like right. no 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 we got to keep going I mean, you probably felt that way just indie booking, you know, it's like, we can't kill this off now. I mean, I could milk like five more matches out of this cause the fans love it, you know? Right. Um, right. And so that's what I think they're doing. I think they're going back to more story, more, they're going, trying to do more stories, trying to do more character stuff. And uh, I did want to go back to when you were talking about one of our, a friend of ours that we know that comments on wrestling, he had made a comment on social media about, uh, he didn't like he, screw CM Punk because he's going to take the blood money of uh, a serial sexual Rapist assaulter in Vince whatever. McMahon yep. or whatever they call him. And then also said that uh, like it was just a money grab for CM Punk. And then he, he he showed a clip of CM Punk just talking shit on WWE like a year ago or less. I don't know. Whatever. Um, here's the thing. Uh, let's go look at everyone's interviews that go to any company and say, this is the greatest company I've ever worked for after they just had the greatest run of their lives somewhere else. You know I mean? It's just like, uh, I'm sorry. When I heard like uh, Arn Anderson and all these people go to AEW and they're first signing this fat check from this money mark. And they're like, this is the greatest company I've ever worked. Really, really, it's the greatest company you've ever worked for, huh? You got hor- total chaos. You just quit. Your son got let go, and now you're gonna call this the greatest company you've ever worked for? And so when CM Punk says, "I never want to work for those pieces of shit again," and he takes a job from him a year later, I don't care. That's how it I, works. Don't either. Like, that's I don't how either. That's how it works. Like. Ric Flair, is, uh, by the way, and I made the point, Ric Flair, by the way, serial sexual assaulter, you know, accusations running out the ass of Rick uh, Ric Flair. Uh, then I was told that that wasn't the same because Vince McMahon uh, allegedly paid off the people that he sexually assaulted. So. Uh, Which I, I don't know what he's referring to. I don't know if he's referring to using the money to pay women to be quiet about his sexual affairs, or if he's referring to someone that he possibly allegedly quote unquote raped somewhere and paid her off because there's that story too. But either way, I guess that's the definitive line of where I'm just, you know, I'm just aghast at hiring someone as opposed to Ric Flair who shoves his dick out in every stewardess's face. That's cool though as long as you didn't pay the stewardess to shut up. Okay. Right. So I just wanted to make clear that we knew where that line was. And I also wanted to make clear that I'm sure sting had a real burning passion at the age of 60, something to go back in the ring with a hundred and pound guy named Darby Allen and not make a uh, seven figures uh, walking around like the crow that he did for 20 years. I'm sure he did that out of the complete love and respect <laughs> of the con family. Okay. So let, here I got some, Fucking oceanside property for you, goddamn in Oklahoma, for you, dumbass. Like, that's the way I want to refer these people, Gabe.
0: Oh, it's good stuff, man. I mean, but it's true. Everything that you're saying is true because, again, like we were saying, it's just you can't, nobody gets out of this scot free, right? Like, you have made, let, let, let's talk about each other. You have made fun of me. Ad nauseum for some of the booking decisions of journey pro, which I would disagree with you about, right? I obviously made the decision. So I thought it was a good decision, but,
1: but, but, but to be fair, you, would your, your defense would be, well, I am booking based on the audience. Not what I would do personally. You said that many times. Yeah. Yes, correct. Which makes sense for business, sure. Yeah.
0: I mean, I do. I thought I was doing what was best for business, such as all these wrestlers we're talking about, such as Vince McMahon, Tony Khan, all this other kind of stuff. But one thing's for sure the world of professional wrestling has changed yet again. It leads a lot of open interpretation. What's going to happen with Cody Rhodes? Are we going to see that actualized and finalized at WrestleMania? Some Dude, are when's saying, the last
1: time you were? When's the last time we had multiple possible huge matches on WrestleMania yep. that was actually huge? I know every WrestleMania is like pumped up at the end, and you think it's big. But no, seriously, this is the big. last three or four Manias have not necessarily been like, oh my god, you know. But like now, you have with all the people involved. You got Rollins and and. And Drew getting all pissed off that CM Punk's back. You got, yeah, you got Cody, you got Roman Reigns, you got Cena still around, you know, you got The Rock possibly coming. I mean, there's just so many people and things. And to be honest with you, this is like the CM Punk addition to all this. And Randy Orton's back, by the way. Uh, With all these people still around, like this is like uh, something I never thought we'd see again, really where it was like, man, there's like a lot of people that can come back and actually make a difference on a show in a short term here, which, you know, because a lot of these guys that could are too old to do it now, but we're in this era now where they can.
0: Lesnar, another guy we haven't even talked They're about. They're talking could,
1: about CM Punk, possibly Stone Cold. What about yeah. that?
0: Like, tell me that's not going to break some gates, dude. I, I'm telling you, it, it was a smart decision. Blood money aside or whatever, all that, all that kind of stuff is. And again... If you're listening to this podcast, I love AEW. There's a lot of things about AEW I truly enjoy. Do I think there's been a serious declination in their product in the last few months? Yes. 100%. There has been unequivocally a a, a point when the drama that CM Punk, in my opinion, had a part of, at, at the very least, to where we are now, the declining ratings, all that kind of stuff, we definitely are seeing a switch in a W and I still believe that they can turn it around. I love MJF. Do I like him crying? Quote unquote post press conference about how much he loves Adam Cole. Is that a little nauseating? Yeah, because I know what they're doing with it. They're making it because yeah, I I could go into where, where I think
1: MJF is like a good, he's a good talent for this era. He he knows how to work it. He still keeps in character. I still I love Christian does it too. I love that stuff where they're oh, like, dude, Christian. Character.
0: And I was going to bring that up. Christian's fantastic in AEW. Fantastic. Especially
1: with the stupid ass media scrums that are just so fake and convoluted and scripted and stupid. Like with these people with four followers on there. Like I, I th- these are so dumb and the fact that they stay in character is hilarious to me in 2023. So that's great. And yeah. JF, you were saying like, if, if, you MJF is one of the handful of guys that when you said if they offered him money at WWE, they definitely go. MJF should not go right now. He should no. milk this at AEW as long as he can. They're pushing yes. him to the top. Yes. Uh, if he went to a WWE right now, he would be completely outclassed for a while, you know, and that's not yes. a shot at him. He's super no. young. Okay. I mean, he's in this freaking mid early to mid twenties. I mean, yeah. this guy is uh, the potential is through the roof with him, but you know, I I the only thing that holds MJF back is the size. And he's he's jacked now. He's ripped. It has nothing to do with that. He's just pretty short. And you know, right. you get in there with like Roman Reigns, the rock, Brock Lesnar, like all these even CM Pug is gonna tower over him. It's sort of like, yeah, it's the only thing that's gonna hold him back. But other than that. It's uh, he, he should stay there and milk that as long as he can. Adam Cole, he probably made the right move. You know, Adam Cole is never going to be a main, main, main no. eventer on uh, top of the line, WWE programming,
0: no matter how much triple H did like him and Tommaso Ciampa. But I guarantee one of the reasons why Tommaso um, got as big as he did, quote unquote, physically is because he knows that that's the desired form in WWE. And I was, when I was watching the other night, I texted my brother I thought Raw was extremely boring. I didn't like the promo of CM Punk for the reasons you discussed. But what I did notice is 90% of those guys look like athletes. They look like guys that I was like, like men. they look like yeah, even Chad Gable, jacked. Scro- I mean shorter guy, but they all look like they hit the gym and I and I do believe that is like a thing. It should be a thing, more of a thing in pro wrestling. You should look like you're an athlete. Now, I don't agree with the old school mentality, uh, the, the uh, oh, I don't want to fight that guy in a bar because sizes have changed in professional wrestling. But you should still look like you can handle yourself in a ring. You should look like an athlete, in my opinion. Now, Darby Allin is the exception because Darby Allin has a lot of other gifts, I think, that lend itself very, very well to professional wrestling, especially his suicidal, like, I should try dying all the time. Yeah, like, I don't know
1: how long that's going to last. He's very much he, Jeff Hardy, it is, but even worse, you know, he's yeah. like he's like super risk taking and like uh, apparently he obviously takes pain well and like is going to be able. I mean, but his body's going to just be ravaged at yeah. a pretty young age. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, and you know, like, but Khan is going to
0: let him. Tony Khan is going to let him.
1: Well, they let Jeff Hardy do it too, and Jeff Hardy's been addicted to you know everything, many things through the years. So yeah. uh, who knows? Like I, I don't know if that's going to happen with Darby Allen, but yes, that is the problem, and I. I do agree with the Kevin Nash is the world. I regardless of what you say, Gabe, like I will always want the top guys in the company to look like uh, someone that could beat the shit out of somebody. And it's just how, that's just how I feel. Like, I mean, I don't think that's a bad way to look at it. I don't, I don't either. I don't like, either. I, I, like, I mean, uh,
0: when I say that, I mean, I think that like to say that I'm just trying to like, talk about like, like, could I beat that guy's ass in a bar? Like, I don't think that should apply to every single wrestler you see on TV is what I'm saying. Every
1: single person, no. Do I think, like, it should be... Top of the card? uh, Sure. Top of the card and most of it? Sure. Like, I mean, there's exceptions to all that. I mean, you want to talk about, you know, we had... Yeah, you have Spike Dudley's of the world. You have smaller dudes. You have... You know, even CM Punk, dude, this is how much of it's changed. Like, CM Punk, much like Jeremy Wyatt here locally, CM Punk was a small, skinny guy. Now he's, like, one of the bigger dudes. It's, it's just funny. Like, he's, like, at least tall-wise, He's height-wise, he towers over some people now. And I just – I look, I know this is pisses off a lot of people out there that are, like, huge, like, wrestling fans and want to be a wrestler and anyone can do it and, like, all this <laughs> stuff. But I just – you – When I got into wrestling and liked wrestling, it was because the men involved in it were freaking larger than life. Like they were huge dudes, whether not only just ripped from steroids or HGH. I'm talking, you got the John Tentas, you got, you know, Earthquake, you got, not not Earthquake, Akeem, same guy, Akeem, big boss man. Like you had just big fat dudes that looked like they could kill you no matter if they're. Like you don't have that anymore. Now you have just like smaller dudes that can do crazy stuff because they've learned how to do it on a trampoline or like on their side. You know, the, I'm not. That's not even burying them. I'm, I don't care if you learn on a trampoline. The point is like you've learned how to do some cool aerial tactics, like people call it Cirque du Soleil now. But I'm like, I just would rather like it's just me. And I know it's changed I'm the dinosaur here. I would rather have two, I would rather watch a big boss man match than I would two 120 pound dudes that could like do 400 flips. I just, I don't care. Like, because wrestling to me was less about what's happening in the ring and more about what it's leading to in the actual storyline or the program, you know? So, and I think you can have both.
0: That's the thing. I think you can have both. I think you can have awesome professional... Perfect example. Hoodie Hallett, if you're out there, you know what I'm going to talk about. Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels with... What did he used to say? 80,000 screaming fans suspending their disbelief for 25 minutes um, while that match went on. That is the perfect example of storytelling meeting the beautiful art of a Awesome, awesome professional wrestling match. Both things can happen. I well, still believe about, it.
1: You're talking about the greatest wrestler of all time and Shawn Michaels. So, yes, pretty much everyone's quote-unquote. If if people don't call it their greatest match, it's always in the conversation. 90% of them have to do with Shawn Michaels that they took place in the last 30 years. Okay, it's my, just how it
0: is. Hey, check this out. And then this is uh, my brother I know who listens to the podcast is going to get super hot about this. He doesn't believe Shawn Michaels is one of the greatest professional wrestlers. Well,
1: that's ever. dumb. Your brother's dumb. <laughs> Your brother, like, even Ric Flair, like, even the top guys in the business call him, like, one of the greatest of all time. He Look, there's a lot of flaws with Shawn Michaels, and, like, Shawn Michaels, my, my favorite era of Shawn Michaels was pre-back surgery when he was just, like, <laughs> I, whatever, drugged out, pilled out, like, drunk, whatever you want to call it, when he was just going crazy, like, I don't know, dude. You had to be alive during the Canada versus USA, DX versus the, you know, the, the, it wasn't, it wasn't just USA, Canada with Sean, but it was, it was the hard foundation of DX, all that stuff. Just that alone is like some of the great, that was like the greatest year of wrestling ever that led to, you know, one of the greatest, biggest moments ever in the, uh, in the Montreal screw job. So, which catapulted the business to levels we've never seen.
0: All right, Chris. Well, it is that time. We've enjoyed filibustering about the current state of the professional wrestling business, CM Punk's return, all things WWE, AEW. We didn't get a chance to talk about the cocaine spot um, in NWA. Maybe, probably Chris. Not the,
1: probably not the greatest thing in the world to do nowadays.
0: <laughs> That's putting it lightly. Maybe we can touch on that next week, Chris. If we can get together next week, do this again. We'll talk about some, I, I do want to talk about some NWL stuff. You guys will be able to hear my daughter in the background. Um, I do want to talk about some NWL stuff. Um, You know, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of meat left on the bone there. There's a lot of things we can sure. talk about. Um, But I love getting together with you, Chris. I hope so far your holiday season has been good. Um, turkey, too, the trimmings, all that kind of stuff. Um, What's going on at the Peculiar Winery this week?
1: Oh, we got Tom Wopat coming to town again. So the Dukes of Hazard returns. Uh, but yeah, what day is that? Here this Sunday, Sunday night. Sunday but, night. Uh, I'm looking forward to. He's become a family friend, so he just is coming in to hang out, and he'll have a little Christmas concert here. But it'll be fun. You know, winery season's winding down, but uh, you will be working towards next year. But um, anyway, hopefully, we'll have more time to do these.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I will have more time since the real estate season is pretty slow at this time of the year. Um, if you guys don't forget to like and subscribe uh, or to uh, not like and subscribe to give us a five star rating wherever you find this podcast. Um, you can like and subscribe if you want on our not uh, live YouTube channel, which I should be doing, but I don't have time to. You're so
1: you're so distracted with your daughter.
0: I know. Look at her. I mean, how how could you not be? She's so cute. Um, If you need any real estate needs met, I'm your guy here in the Kansas City area. You can reach out to me. You can go to my website, actually. My new website is benmiller.realestate. I revamped that bad boy. It's looking awesome and clean. Um, Any real estate needs, you can give me a text at area code 661-236-9055. And I'd be glad to help you buy, sell, or invest in anything real estate. Don't worry about them interest rates. Call me and I'll tell you all about it. Uh, Or do worry about them, actually. But just call me and talk to me about it. That, that'll
1: be a good they thing. They could go it. up again. You never know.
0: You never know. All right, Chris. Well, uh, I will we'll talk next week. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. For Chris Goff, I'm Ben Miller. We'll see you next time. Goodbye, everybody.
1: It's the worst territory in the world.